Hey everyone, welcome to West New York Brews. My name is Scott. I'm a home brewer just outside of Buffalo, New York. And on this episode, we are talking Piwo Grojewski, a Polish smoked beer with John from Buffalo Brewing Company. And we get into the process and recipe on his 1976 Grojewski. Hey everyone, once again, thank you and hello. My name is Scott. In this episode, we're talking to John Domries from Buffalo Brewing Company about his 1976 Rojeski, which is a traditional, historic Polish style made out of up to 100% oak smoked wheat. So it is an interesting beer if you've never had one. It is a surprisingly refreshing beer on a hot day. So we're going to get into the process, the ingredients, and his philosophy over at Buffalo Brewing Company. If you've never been to Buffalo Brewing Company, you should check it out. They have a bunch of traditional styles, as well as some non-traditional, we'll say fan favorites, over at Buffalo Brewing Company. On this episode, I'm also joined by Scott McMillan from the Buffalo Beer League, and we're talking brewing, we're talking beers, we're talking traditional styles, and uh, this particular traditional Polish style, which will be on tap at Buffalo Brewing Company starting Friday, March 26th, 2021, just in time for Easter and for Dingus Day. So check it out down there. We are a member of the Hopped Up Network. It is a podcast network of regional independent beer podcasts. You can find all of the network podcasts at hoppedupnetwork.com. And I would like to remind you that we have a YouTube channel, and you can find our website at buffalobeerleague.com. And you can find our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash WNYBrews. This episode came out to be about an hour and 45 minutes. And I cut this version down to 49 minutes, which means that there's about an hour of extra material in here, which is up in video form on the Patreon. You can join for as little as a dollar a month, or if you want to join for a little bit higher, there are physical products that you would receive for being one of our patrons as well. Check out other ways you can support the podcast for free at buffalobeerleague.com, the easiest of which is leaving a rating and a review in whatever podcast catcher you use to listen to this. So let's get right into the episode, and I'll talk to you afterwards. But when I think Grojiski, it's it, you're the only game in town. <laughs> There's a few beers like that for us, but yeah, I think... Uh, I think Grodziski is, it's gotten, uh, it's funny because it's gotten to the point where every time, I wouldn't say every weekend we're open, but uh, the majority of the weekends we're open, we'll get asked about that beer. Hey, do you have this sausage beer or campfire beer or um, Polish sausage beer or, hey, that Polish beer with a really weird name, that one that tastes like I ate an ashtray. You know, the, the, the <laughs> scriptures that, that people use are really are really strange, but it comes up rather regularly. Uh, two weeks ago, we had someone looking for it, and I said, well, we brewed it at Easter. Um, luckily, luckily, the, the Adam Ashkevitz Library actually is doing verticals with Groitsky. So they actually have 27, 2018 and 2019 wow. and 2020. Really? Nice. Actually, three... Three different verticals, and I don't know why they're doing that because it's a three point five percent session beer. But <laughs> oh, so I'm thinking, um, 
you know, it might work. But yeah. Brian from What the Hops is kind of. Uh, Mm-hmm. I haven't had the verticals yet, but they have a keg from last year that they're going to put on rather soon. Because um, oh, I'm going to them to do that. Like, hey, guys, let's not – like, it's a three-and-a-half-percent <laughs> session beer. <laughs> like, don't, don't hang on to it for years. I mean, again, it's smoked, so the oh. logic in my mind goes, well, it's smoked, so it should hold up rather well. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think talking about that beer, because I think it's a really great style and – I think our evolution of the style has gotten better over time. I mean, I think initially it was just, we're going to throw some shit at the wall and hope it sticks. And the first place I had it was Community Beer Works, Drew's Dirty Dingus. Um, yeah. And that was a great beer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was like a whoa moment. Like, okay, yeah, this is a, this is a beer that, what is it? And then I think I would, I think, um, I think Ethan might have been at the brewery that day and we were just kind of sh- chatting because uh, it was at the time when my wife was having wedding showers, bridal showers. So mm-hmm. when she was having bridal showers, I was going out to brewer- <laughs> breweries during those bridal showers and having a few drinks and then going back and doing my typical duty. So um, <laughs> it was it was around that time. And I remember going, holy shit, this tastes like, you know, polo sausage or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And then kind of talking to the guys at the library and, and learning more about the style and we did a lot of research and the first batch I think was overly smoky but that was based mm-hmm. off of the ingredients we got we used German malts back then um, not a lot of wheat not as much wheat as we should have um, so now it's evolved to where we're sourcing uh, Polish made um, we're sourcing Polish made smoked wheat malt which is the proper actual proper malt that they're using in in Poland um, and a lot of people don't know it's actually a dual fermented beer originally it was it was two strains that they use not one um, and both of those strains have been lost because the brewery that was making Kroiki last um, was nationalized under the Soviet Union yeah they they don't have the yeast strains anymore but they're trying to to replicate it um, so we've got the malt um, now we have we're using uh, Polish Lubluski hops, which is a is a is a Czech variant. I mean, it's it's a Czech Saz variant. It's not anything overly special, but we've really taken it to another level because it's a it's a. My motto has always been: if we can't do it as accurately as possible, and let's not do it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to do. Uh, what some brewers are doing with with Czech pilsners that are fermenting in. 10 days, 12 days. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, okay, guys, this beer tastes like dog shit. No kidding. <laughs> wow. Wow. In time, you know, we, we've invested, we invested heavily in some horizontal lagering tanks. Um, so we're going to start horizontally uh, conditioning our beers, our Pilsner and our lager. Um, we have a Czech dark lager that I worked really hard on, on recipe development to get it proper. Um, and a lot of people don't know this, but our brew house is actually uh, set up to do decoction mashing. Huh. Uh, much as it, as much as it hate, I hate doing it. Um, the proof is really in the pudding when you taste the beer. There's a lot of difference um, from a decocted beer versus a um, non-decocted or a single infusion beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot more work. I mean, a decoction mash takes me four or five hours to complete. Versus, you know, standard like hour and a half. Um, so, you know, I think there's some things to be said 
about doing things right. And, and I think the trend nationally, what you're seeing with, um, you know, threes and Suarez and, and Bierstadt and, and Colorado, like where they're, they're embracing the old world traditions in America and even dovetail, you know, I mean, dovetail and uh, dovetail in Chicago and Bierstadt both have German brew houses. Uh, Dovetails was actually at Weistefan. Uh, it was built in 1910 and they brought it over. Um, so you're seeing this kind of, I've heard, I've been, I've been in craft beer uh, out on the West coast since 2010. And um, we've always heard probably since 2012, 2013, Oh, lagers and pilsners. So that's the next frontier. And then kind of sour snuck in there and, and kind of over, I think overtook that trend that was going to happen. But I think I'm seeing, from my opinion, I'm seeing that renaissance with with lagers. I mean, it's just people want those drinkable beers. And I think even Groitsky checks that box for a lot of people, especially now. Because if you guys, I think I think you both have probably had Gen 1, the original batch, which was. I think so, yeah. yeah that sounds oh, right. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but it was smoky as hell. I mean, it was. Mm-hmm. It was like drinking a bonfire. I mean, it was. Yeah, we 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 called it a smoky ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was like uh, it was like you were hanging out in the smokehouse in the back of an old German pub, yeah. while they're smoking you know some meats. I mean, it was. I, I like that though. That was so good. I, I liked it too, and I think I think if we were to go back in time and do it again, I'd do a smoked Marzen or I'd do a a, a smoked uh, Hells or one of those. You know, one of the Bomberg style beers that, you know, I think would resonate more. But I think for Groitsky, it's more of a subtle, it's a, it's, it's got to be more of a subtle uh, flavor profile. And Brian yeah. from What the Hops actually brought back some Groitsky from a brewery in Austin. Uh, community, the only reason I remember it is because they're similar to Community Beer Works. I think it's Community Brewery. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. It's very, like every time I look up Community Beer Works, it comes up. And they actually make a grow each year round. So yeah. that's actually one of their core, that's one of their core styles. And, and when I had that one, it was a lot different. The smoke was a lot more nuanced. It was a lot softer, which I think the, the last batch we made last year when we converted to the Polish malt and we converted to the Polish hops, I think we really tapped into the essence of the style. Um, and again, keeping it at that three and a half percent is, is also super critical in my, in my opinion. Mm. So are you using 100% wheat malt? Um, yeah, we use hundred percent wheat malt. Now we're using hundred percent smoked wheat malt. So out of Poland, it's one, one malt. That's all we do. And it, it's, it's actually a harder beer to make than most people would think because you yeah. use so little, you use so little malt that the mash ton actually has a hard time blending the malts together. You know, we have a hard time mm. with the, getting the rakes to actually, been the malt so it's it's more you would think oh it's just a little you know three and a half percent beer yeah you know i love when i don't want to say home brewers but people with that just enough knowledge to be dangerous you can say it guys that are like <laughs> okay all you do is come in and you sit around and you, you lay under a beer faucet all day and, and uh you know just that's how the beer the beer just magically gets made and um but i try to explain to people well this is actually a, a more difficult beer than you would think to make it's it's a little trickier because of the low abv our equipment isn't really geared for the super low abv stuff and three and a half like really at the low end for us um so but it's 
we switched to the hundred percent Polish malt, which I think is is sweet, and the Polish hops, which is mm. the icing on the cake for us. Um, I'm hoping to put some of this, as much as I hate bottling, but um, in Poland, this style is served in 500 milliliter glass bottles. So mm. we're hoping to do, you know, maybe uh, a small percentage of this in glass this year, just to give it a real traditional uh, feel. Uh, we just got news that we believe Dingus Day will be canceled this year yet again, mm, yeah. as, as yeah. we expected. Um, but again, now, you know, we're kind of shifting gears and doing more packaged product anyway. So for us, it's, it's a no brainer um, to do. Uh, and it's cool because actually a, I believe a percentage of this will be actually going over to the Polish president. So mm. we have some connections with, there's some Polish, a lot of people don't know this probably, but there's some actually some Polish royalty in Buffalo. Uh, so they have some connections back with the, uh, the Polish government. Now they actually, the president of Poland was supposed to be in Buffalo this year uh, giving a speech. So, we're going to send a couple bottles over there, hopefully, to uh, just as kind of like, a, hopefully, you come back and see us again soon. Um, cool. He was supposed, scheduled to be in the UN in, in September, and we had a festival planned um, in Niagara Square, and he was going to give a speech, and it was going to be a Polish Pride Festival because we're one of the largest Polish populations outside of Poland. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, just making it, getting. Part of the part of the chase for me is getting these these dead styles or these styles that don't really exist much, and trying to bring them and resurface them. And, and you know, people will tell me, "Oh, what's a where'd you come up with the name Gradziski?" And I'm like, "Well, that's the it's the style. It's yeah, not, it's a, not name. a name. Yeah. Name is 1976, which is for Carl Wojtyla, who was Pope John Paul II. Ah, and, okay, okay. And his and his second tour of 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 visiting Buffalo. Uh, Amir, it was under a year. Uh, he visited Buffalo, and then I think he became Pope in like ten months after he visited Buffalo. Um, and he stayed. Uh, he stayed at Saint Casimir's Parish, and they actually have a Saint John, Saint John Paul uh, room where he stayed. They've kept it. It's like a little museum. It's pretty neat. But um, you know, the, the thing for us is it's these dead styles. Like even a che a Czech dark lager, which has gotten more more popular over within the last few years. Um, but we just brewed that yesterday. And like I said, I'm, I'm freaking super pumped and I'm really excited to brew the Grodziski in a few weeks. And, um, you know, Italian pills has kind of made a, made a resurgence in terms of that. Yeah. That in itself, like the last like year has been, I've had probably four Italian pilsners in the last year. I don't think I've ever had Italian pilsner before that. Well, I think a lot of people thought it was a made-up style. You know, everyone thinks yeah. like, oh, it's Peroni. You know, it's, well, Peroni is like an Anheuser-Busch product, so it's like yeah. not really real. Um, you know, we're going to brew an Italian pills uh, in two weeks. Nice. And, you know, I'm super excited about it. Yeah. I'm excited about embracing something other than a, a heavily fruited pastry sour or a heavily fruited sour or a heavily hot, hazy IPA. I mean, literally, if I can brew anything yeah. else on my schedule, I'll – I, I try to explain to the haze bro crowd or the the fruited sour crowd because they're they're mm -hmm. uh, they're the most I think vocal they're mm -hmm. amongst the crowds of, of I, would, I would agree I would agree with you um, you know that there are other styles other than hazy IPAs and and if I'm putting a keg I, I had a question yesterday what what beer 
what beer is in my kegerator at home? And mm. I always answer check Pilsner. It's typically yeah. one that goes on tap at home because yeah. I can have several of them and uh, enjoy yeah. them all the time. And and people give me for that, but I'll tell you what, it's it's yeah. Pilsner did not become the most popular beer style in the world by by accident. Yes, it, the, those mags of Czech Pilsner in this mug, mind you, tasted probably. Uh, Phenomenal. Oh, on, on New Year's Eve, we, we were crushing it. And I love this mug. This is like my new go-to. Like, I just love a good 16-ounce mug. Yeah, it's a perfect mug. And and once yeah. we're back open and operational, you get a side pour, uh, check Pilsner out of that. Yes. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know, but we, we bought a uh, $300 uh, Czech, Czechoslovakian-made side pull mug. Right, not Czechoslovakia. It's Czech Republic, but yeah. Czech Republic uh, side pole Luker faucet, which I saw that. Yeah, that was, that, that was my next question. Yeah. We have yeah. that, um, and like I said, it's at home right now. Brought it home. <laughs> 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 On the kegerator at home? Yeah, yeah. Always, yeah. because I mean, it's been sitting there idle, and I'm like so depressed about the fact that it's idle. Oh, um, it's my favorite style. Yeah. It's not anything that I would have ever thought would have been my favorite style. You know, when I when I started my home brewing career, it was um, a lot of German style stuff, and then kind of got into the Czech. And but yeah. you know, I mean, I think when you look at pill in the in the Pilsner universe specifically, I think the Czechs just it's it's every they ch- it checks every box for me personally. Um, they are nice, but I mean, the check <laughs> it checks all the boxes. It checks all the boxes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, buddy, yeah buddy, it does. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's just. It. I mean, I it's think a, it's when it's made right. I mean, too. I've had a lot of terrible attempts at yeah. the style. I mean, I I think ours still needs a little bit of work to to dial it in. Um, but I think we're we're in the we're in the ballpark. We're at the mm-hmm. game. It's just now trying to get on on the field. Um, when you look at other breweries and in, in the big the big hitters in 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 the United States that are really crushing the styles, you know, what I mean, like like yeah. and, and Dovetail and and those guys. Yeah, I, I I thought that like I said that mag of Czech Pills was smooth, crisp. It was flavorful. It was on like it was what I wanted. And that's that's and what I like to hear. It so was absolutely. Ooh, I would I would buy one of those. <laughs> we're doing In a heartbeat, I would buy one of those. We're gonna. We're I, wanted, gonna I wanted a mag of cream ale, but I didn't get over there. I think you sold a lot of those. Oh, we, we got, got them. We got a couple. We got Ooh. a few, a few cream ales left. All right, I have to come over. Put your name on one if you make. I, I, I would like one. Yeah. I would like one. I mean, and those are those are the styles though that I think people appreciate. I mean, mm-hmm. a light flavor, and that's what I always tell people: like fucking. You know how hard it is to make a Czech Pilsner, and oh, I always wanted. I always want to troll. You know, like I, I'm a big guy. I'm a big Wart Wrangler fan. If you're on Instagram, so I really like what he's doing. Yeah. And I love when breweries say, like, like when the hype breweries, you know, say they're 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 making complex ales. Yeah. Like, well, you're are you really making complex ales, or are you just adding a, <laughs> a fruit puree to it? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if you. 
And and the beer I always go off of when I'm ever at a brewery, which isn't much anymore, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. when I used to go to a lot of breweries, the first beer I would get, and I don't know if you guys are the same, but I'd always gravitate towards the light pilsner, yeah. lager. And if that beer is good, I know pretty much most stuff on the board will be acceptable. I think you're uh, you're absolutely correct. That is the hardest beer to make. Yeah. Like, well, well, to, to like, wow. it doesn't hide anything. It's... No, like bad ones. I mean, and it's and but it's funny because I've had bad ones, but they're typically from breweries that don't make. Yeah. Um, you know, pilsners or lagers, they make IPAs or sours or stouts. You um, can you can pump a bunch of fruit into anything and make it taste like fruit. How do you, you, guys, how do you guys feel about those fruited lagers that breweries are kicking out now? Yay or nay? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I had like one the other day. Oh, it has it's it's got its place, right? I mean, yeah. it's something to drink. It's something light. It's something fruity, and at the it same pay, time, it, you're it, like, it helps pay the bills. I think for a lot of these places, so I feel like fruit is just an. I mean, like fruit is an every f- beer. Like, yeah. I I want to make a, a slogan like beer flavored beer. Like, yes, beer. I want I want beer flavored beer. Beer flavored beer. <laughs> Like good beer flavor beer. Yeah. Mm. I, Clean, I, regular beer. I try so hard to be... I mean, I, I will celebrate everybody's beer. Every beer yeah. that people make, I will celebrate. But I do look, I do really appreciate when I can find some clean German and Czech styles on yeah. my... I, I am so happy, uh, like I like it's so weird, but like I'm so happy that Hawk Brauhaus is serving in glass right now. Is that kind of weird? Because like, like yeah, because like, no one's really doing glass, right? I mean, we're, we weren't yeah. doing we're plastic right now, and it's yeah. um, you know just for a comfort level for us. Uh, for yeah, life. I mean that's really why. But I mean, again, well, again, Hawk Brauhaus is like an eight million dollar brewery, so. I, yeah. I, like I want, I want, like I want my German loggers in big dimpled mugs. Like, yeah, I don't know why, but like I need that. Like I need like this big mug of just clear beer that tastes like beer. My only beef is McCarthy's with their Kolsch that I love so much, and that yeah. glass. It's like I just I need, order, I need to order like twelve Kolsches at once, like because I just. We were there right before the pandemic hit last uh, February. Yeah. Last time we were in a restaurant. And um, we, I got Kolsch's and I just, I kept hammering the girl. I'm like, hey, I need another one. 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 I <laughs> Brian and I'm like, hey, dude, can you get me like a super sized Kolsch glass here? Like, yeah, could I get an actual glass? Actually, like a because re- they won't serve it in a pint glass, which kudos well, to them. Huge. They- Huge fan of proper glassware, so I'm not yes. gonna get to that. If but, you if you pry your waitress, she may pour it for you in a 16 ounce pint glass. But she said, oh, she said she said the funniest thing. The funniest thing is <laughs> is watching the register. She goes, I can't do it. I, I just can't. I'm like, oh, whatever. I don't care. I said, just bring me two because yeah. I'll just I'll just crush them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm excited brewing a Kolsch in the summer, so I'm really pumped. I'm like really super pumped for that. Yes, I, I, I like that. I like it. I like a good Kolsch. So when are you brewing the Grodziski again? So the Grodziski, we're ordering the material tomorrow. Uh huh. Yes. Um, and then it's just waiting on on tank time to uh, 
Think that. Open up. Uh, we've got this pineapple cream ale that everyone likes. Is I'm fucking <laughs> we got pineapple cream. Wait, 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 wait. I thought I thought you just wait. What was that about fruit and lagers? See, I I it's a cream ever. ale. It's an ale. Well, see, I don't think you should ever put fruit. It, in is, it is an ale. Yeah. Uh, lagers are like a sacred, like you know, it's like. Um, it's like going to church and like saying a swear word. I, I feel like yeah. <laughs> fruit and lagers. Like they take yeah. ungodly amounts of time and energy. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we've the funniest thing is the beer that we've put the most down the drain in our company's history is 1910 Jack Pilsner because mm. it's so you're, you're threading the needle. Um, when we first opened up, um, I think I put seven consecutive batches down the drain. Really? Wow. Wow. This close to like saying, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. And yeah. I knew it just to stick with it and tweak it and, and work it. Um, and a few batches got out that we weren't happy with 100%. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's a hard-ass style to make. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm extremely proud of the beer that it has become. Um, it's our number one seller across the board. Um, but again, it's it's that old adage. I I... I hate talking to brewers that go, I don't put that. I've never put anything down the drain. No, no. Um, everything we make is a home run. It's like, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, yeah. exactly. I love, I love my kids all the time. They're the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like the same adage. Like if you're, if you're not putting something down the drain and, and knock on wood, we've had a few years in a row now where we haven't had to do that. But I think when you, it's the hardest day, I think back to my home brewing days and it's like, okay, I got to put, I'll, I'll, I'll man up and drink this. I mean, we've all yeah. had that as home brewers mm -hmm. or it's like, yeah. oh my God, I can't, I can't do this. Then I'll have like a glass and I'll be like, my God, this is, this just tastes like, like as much as it pains me. And I said, and I say, okay, so uh, imagine just putting five, you know, five barrels down, no big or five gallons. Oh. No big, I mean, imagine putting like 175 gallons down the yeah. trench and it's like the worst feeling in your, in your entire life. Like it's like going to a few, like I, I remember the last time I did, it was like literally going to a few, I'm pissed. I'm miserable. My wife's mad because I'm all pissed off and miserable. My wife's like, what the hell's wrong with you? I'm like, well, I'm going to dump beer down the drain today. And she'd be like, oh, that really sucks. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I know. Really? yeah, I've had a hard time dumping like four gallons of a five gallon keg down the drain. So, yeah, but you do yeah. it, and you got to man up, and you just got to, you just have to do it. There's no, especially with the way the market is now, with so many breweries coming online. You yeah. know, if you you get a bad batch out in the market, you're you're screwed. It's, it's yeah, you're gonna get murdered. You're gonna get murdered with uh, yeah, with bad bad publicity. People don't care. Like that, that was like a one-off bad beer. They're just <laughs> untaps a harsh enough place. I don't need to feed into it. You know I mean? <laughs> like I've had people post on untaps some terrible things about Grodziski saying it's, it's wrong. Yeah. It's bad. It's like, well, you don't really understand the style. Yeah. Oh, we like, we, we, we had a dude shred us because of how we like rate, like we, we described your Grod, your Grodzinski. And we had a, he had never even had one, and like we had it like, dude, this is a smoked beer, like this is how it's like. Cause he's like, this is like like shredded us for like, oh like, 
how, how could you say this smell, you know, smoky, hammy, this, and like, have you even had a, had one of these beers before? And he had never had one. And it's like, don't. Boston, some pierogies, some rye mm-hmm. bread, sit down and Exactly. Just sit down and just sip on it. It's nice. I've had people in the tasting room get a Grodziski, and I don't even say anything like, hey, (laughs) you must know. If you're asking for it, I assume you know what it is. So, yeah, Yeah, that's not a usual style. Oh my God. Is this beer, is there something wrong with this beer? How come you didn't throw this beer out? And I'm like, well, ma'am, that's the style. I miss this. Oh, it tastes terrible. Oh my God. Oh. Oh my god! And I'm like, it's a smoked beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now, now the, the instructions are: whenever anyone orders that beer, tell them it's a smoked beer. Yeah, or them a sample. <laughs> I've learned people just look at the ABV. Mm-hmm. They look at the the IBUs because that's like what they've been ingrained. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. twelve IBUs. That's not bitter. Three and a half percent. Hell yeah. Coors light, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it looks like a Coors. Yeah. Okay. And and so and then you kind of like, whoa, this is a different it's a wheat beer that's smoked. Yeah. So it's this tastes beer. nothing like Coors Light. Uh. <laughs> when it's done well though, and and yeah. you do it very well, it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal yeah. beer. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, the funniest thing is, is so my mom is not a beer connoisseur by any means. She's a Coors Light drinker, which it hurts mm-hmm. to say that, but she's an <laughs> older lady. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, you, she's, can, you, you can still turn her to the craft beer. Well, she can. So, so my dad has a kegerator and, um, perfect. He gets check pills in her religiously. That's his beer. And perfect. Cause he's drinking good craft beer. So, and my dad likes IPAs, and, and again, they're older people, so it's not. I'm not saying they're they're lost. My mom's yeah. just she's not a beer drinker. She's I'm um, eating a roast beef sandwich or having wings. I'm going to have a, a Coors Light. Cool, yeah. whatever. I don't care. I'm not going to judge. But my mom's favorite beer on the planet is Grodziski. Hmm. Now talk about like weird. I mean, yeah. not not Coors Light at all. Yeah. No, but she loves Grodziski, like to a so much so that they they got a keg of it last year. Oh, nice! So I mean, it's it's just it's it's weird how and I've learned we're coming up on five years here, but mm. I've learned how different people's perception and palates and everything is. I mean, but again, I think and the the funniest thing is with last year's batch of Grodziski, which I think was our probably our best overall. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't as good enough because we didn't we were a little rushed because we were sourcing the Polish malt. So it took a little time to get that. So we were close. We were up against the wire. Now we're going to have, I think the Grodziski needs to almost go through like a, some technique stuff that we're going to do this year with, which more of like a lagering technique, you know, mm-hmm. do it further in advance and let it kind of sit at like 33 degrees uh, Fahrenheit for a, a few weeks to kind of clean it up and, and condition it. If you had yeah. it here last year, it was a little rough, but once, if you let it go in the can for a while, um, it really it, it matured beautifully, and it's it it. I think by like four weeks after Easter, it was like, holy, shit, this is this is something to behold. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the 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 quality, and like I said, I, I think it's just the 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 sourcing the appropriate malts, and that's I think for us, you know, that's why what makes our Czech Pilsner so good is that we're using 
you know, floor malted traditional style uh, Pilsner malt. I mean, we're not, using, we're not, we don't have a silo where we're, we're just using uh, two row for every f- beer that we make. And we're taking our yeast generations out like 75 generations. You know I mean? We're, mm-hmm. you know, we, that's the, that's the worst part about being a commercial brewer. It was a terrible part about being a, a home brewer was yeast management and yeast. Yeah. You know, trying to get these yeast to, to harvest and trying to get them to stay viable and moving them around and doing it during a freaking pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Worse, but I think, I think that, like Scott said, I think the Grodziski, if, if you're a beer drinker and you're a beer connoisseur, I think you seek that beer out. You want, yeah. you want it. It's, it's a definitely a, a wild ride and we're hoping to get it out into distribution this year. That's the goal. Yeah. Is to, oh, I'm wondering awesome. why I'm not drinking it right now. Cause it's not made right now. I mean, I like I want it right now. Like, I, know, I, know, I know beer league will show up the day it's released because yeah. you, know, you we, and Brian are, we, are, we love our smoke beers. So <laughs> there's not a whole, I mean, there's not, if you look at Western New York's uh, beer uh, market right now, there's not a whole lot of smoke stuff. Yeah. In the I mean, at all. Yeah. I mean, look at what New York city's doing with, uh, you know, threes and, um, I think Wild East has a smoked Hells, or, or mm-hmm. I think each of them maybe have a smoked lager. Brian yeah, does not. a lot of smoked stuff. The cremated remains is one of my favorite. Yeah. I mean, Brian's yeah. playing with the smoke, but mm-hmm. Woodcock, yeah, Woodcock had a smoked beer, which is really nice. I really enjoyed theirs. Okay, but that's it. Was it a smoked Marzen or was it a smoked? Uh, it, no, no, it was darker than a Marzen. It, it was just, it, it was, I almost didn't order it because it was called, uh, uh, what the hell was it? Something soda. And I'm like, I, I didn't even look at it. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I thought it was a, I thought it was a, uh, like a, like a carbonated, you know, like a, a hard si- a seltzer or something. And I didn't even look at it. And the guy's like, oh, this one beer you wanted. I did a flight. And he's like, yeah, it's not on. It's not available. And I looked at that. And I'm like, holy, it's a, it's a Rauk beer. I'm like, yeah, give me that. Oh, it's nice. like dark. Yeah, it's it's dark, but it's not. It was it 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 was, it, it, it was uh, like entry level, like smoke, like not like not that not. I'm not, not saying that in a bad way, but it wasn't like super smoky, like it was caramel and and malt and smoke and just like really nice, well-balanced. It was really, it was enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, I would say Brian, Brian's probably got the market on the smoked beers for sure. I mean, he's, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, that, that, that is, that smoke Marzen is fantastic. Yes. Great. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to twist his arm to do a collab, a smoked mm. beer collab with us. I think it makes sense to do that. And I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more of a fan of smoked beers. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, as I, as my palate matures, I'm, I'm think I'm looking for more, uh, I'm getting a little more curious in what mm-hmm. is out there, you know, in terms of, of different styles. I mean, every, every brewery or every, every time I go to a grocery store, I mean, I could probably buy four or five dozen hazy IPAs, but I can't ever find a smoked beer. So yeah. I'll maybe make a smoke yeah. beer would be cool. You know, but. Yeah, like I know three places that I can go to get a smoked beer right now. Well, two, but eventually you'll have your. Yeah, we'll have ours on soon. I mean, yeah. again, it's a quick. We're just trying to dial it in and get and focus. I think twenty 
2020, we really changed and turned a gear and kind of focused more on process. We, we've got the ingredients down. Now it's a process thing. Let's start, let's tighten that up. Yeah. Uh, especially with horizontal tanks. I think that's going to change really what we're doing in terms of naturally carbonating, um, nat, you know, all we, we, we pulled our filter out three years ago. We removed mm. that. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, kind of letting the beer do its thing. It's yeah. huge. We also have a wood barrel that we had custom made from Adirondack Cooperage um, that's untoasted. Um, yes. So we're going to be doing uh, the check, <clears throat> the dark check yes. mugger is going in that. And we also collabed on that with Barrel Pro- Buffalo Barrel Project. So they're going to put some of that beer in a barrel. Uh, we're not sure what kind of barrel it's going to be yet. But so it's trying to get a little outside of our comfort zone in terms of doing things differently, which I think is, is how you grow. I think that's the big mm-hmm. thing. Especially from home brewing to pro brewing, there you know you kind of get in these ruts. The older you get, and you just kind of keep doing the things over and over the same thing. I think you kind of get stale doing that. So, trying to really tighten up our processes um, is huge, and I, I I think the proof is in the beer. I think that's really where you're seeing the improvements. But again, I the smoked beers is just I had uh, I had the three smoked hells, and it was like whoa. Okay, yeah. This is, like we we need more smoke in our lives, more beers <laughs> in our lives. At least more smoky beers. I like that. I like where your head's at right there. They're 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 nice and they hold yeah. up well and they, they they taste good. Can I throw something by you here? Sure. Because I don't I don't want you to have I, as much of the recipe as you want to get into is up to you. Sure. I put together a recipe based on what we've been talking about. Let me throw it by you and see what you think. I'm looking at ABV of about 3.4 percent. Yep. Uh, IBU of about 22 on yep. this recipe. With so this is a five gallon batch that I've put together, which is obviously very different than what you're doing. Yep. Uh, but it's 100 percent smoked wheat, uh, and I I found Viking malt as a Polish one. Correct. Viking uh, so, okay. And then you were saying the the Lubelski or Lubluski or Lubelski. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Polish is one of those languages that I think anyone gets it. If you can, you can make it <laughs> right there. You know, now, you know. I, my yeah. family is very Polish, but I, I can't do this. Yeah. My, my wife's family is Polish. So, I mean, uh, listening to them talk in Polish or listening to anyone talk in Polish as an Italian and German, it's like, whoa, what are you, what are you saying? Like, hello? Like, you know, like my, my grandparents were Roman and Sicilian from Italy, but they Polish. still were reading from the same book. Whereas like two Polish people, they're like, what the f***? I don't know. Because <laughs> I've been told it's Groetzky. I've been told it's Grotsky. I've been told it's Grosky. It's, uh, can we make up our mind, please? Like someone. Just really <laughs> not tonight. Me. Not us. <laughs> not tonight. No, we're not the Polish police. Not, not the Polish police. Yeah. The Polish pronunciation police. No, we're not. Um, oh yeah, you're you're pretty much making it right there, and more beer will have all that for you. So hops, um, I I did a bittering charge and an aroma charge. Yep. Um, to come up with the the twenty IBUs. Yeah, I mean, about, if anyone wants about to rip off ten the each. Recipe, yeah, so, if anyone wants to rip off the recipe, I mean, like I don't, I don't think a lot of brewers are out there going. Man, how can you make Buffalo <laughs> Brewing Company Stroitsky? Like, right? This is gonna put them right underground. Like, they're going, they're going out. <laughs> We're ripping it off. Like, uh, 
I'm not really worried about it per se. I mean, maybe we could do a Groitsky homebrewing competition and whoever Ooh. wins. Oh, that would be fun. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the only thing I would change a little bit is I I, I keep the 10 IBUs um, derived from bittering hops, and then I'd mm-hmm. kind of give you a late edition boiling hop and then a, a whirlpool charge. That's really the difference. For not cool, whirlpool too. Oh yeah, we're hitting it with the whirlpool just because I want some of of. Uh, you're not going to get a ton of aroma, but I want that that layered hop bitterness that you're getting with the whirlpool. So about the same amount every time on the the amount of hops. Yeah, I basically what I did, I think if I remember correctly, is I split the the so I do a ten minute um, uh, charge and then I do a, a twenty minute whirlpool charge about equal same bitterness so just split it down the middle so it's like two and a half and two and a half um right. and then like i said we just ferment it with our house um regular yeast which is like a uso5 variant right so just a clean ale yeast clean ale yeast again i mean again the the the, the guys that like our grow guys from poland and stuff like that they're saying there was a special yeast at some point right and the cool thing was a lot of people don't know this, but when they were bottling Grodziski, it was bottle conditioned. Mm-hmm. And they would lose 50% of the bottles to explosion. Oh, wow. So they would pre-bottle it three or four weeks before, and then they put it in a brick room, and they just start exploding. It's like <laughs> <laughs> going only in Poland, is that acceptable? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Germans are like, hey, we're going to lose 50% of these bottles to explosion. Yeah. Like, blow you know, that's cool. Just explode 50% of your product. Yeah. Like, come on, guys, figure it out. It's good. It's good. It's all good. So the way I was told from guys that are in Poland and spending a lot of time in Poland, it was fermented with one yeast, and then they would take fermented, unfermented wort from the next Groitsky batch. They dose it in the bottle somehow, or or in the bright tank, or somewhere, and then they would add a second yeast, a different yeast that would do the bottle condition. Which isn't uncommon. Sierra Nevada does the same thing with their stuff. So they're yeah. bottle fermenting one way, and then they, there's these special bottle conditioning yeasts that do different stuff. They're not going to ferment as hard, and they're they're a little different. But that's the story. And and when the when the brewery got nationalized uh, under communism, they lost mm-hmm. the yeast. But there's a renaissance of this style actually in Poland going on right now. Mm-hmm. So. I had some friends that were going to Poland uh, in 2020, which obviously got canceled, but they were going to bring back like two or three cases of this beer so we could actually try the Polish variants and, and kind awesome. of match them up. Yeah. So hopefully they can get back to Poland soon and we can do that because we really want to do um, some Polish stuff. And the Mishkevitz Library mm-hmm. is really a big factor of, of us doing that. So yeah. we're also bringing back um, – we're also bringing back another Polish beer, uh, Schreiber's Manru Lager. We actually brewed that a couple weeks ago, so that'll be coming out in a few. Oh, uh, that'll be coming out right in time for Easter. So, pretty excited about that too. With the original, we got the original artwork off the label, the original label. Oh, so cool, was, cool. So we'll bring that back. Again, it's not a Polish beer; it's a American beer, but it was made by a Polish brewery in Buffalo. Um, did you get Did you get their recipe, or is this something you? Um, no, and same with Bellweiser. It's a, it's a derived, we're basically taking what we believe was the style. And I actually, 
did a little yeah. more research, and I think Bellweiser's not actually that accurate, so I need to dial it up a little bit. The pre-pro style should be a lot hoppier than I originally anticipated. Really? On some articles, yeah, they were they were hopped up. I mean, they were like 35, 40 IBUs, and, and Bellweiser's only at 20. Yeah. Um, but we really need to jack that up. I also think we need to change the yeast strain on the Bellweiser to the check bills because it seemed like that's what a lot of the guys were using when they came to America. They were yeah. bringing yeast from wherever they were from and fermenting yeah. them. But it seemed like check became the dominant strain in the United States pre-pro. Um, yeah. And the ABV needs to be higher too. ABV needs to be between 5.5 and 6, not not 4.5. You saw like the steadily de – everything declined. Um, yeah. After prohibition, it went, you know, everything went down, ABV, hops, all that went down. Yeah, they wanted to make a like a, a, a drinkable, like it was all about, it seemed like when, when beer came back, it was very, very like. Um, also, it also seemed like I think the major change in, in, in the brewing pre-pro was drinking was a lot more acceptable, you know, like. Breweries like Schreiber's Brewery had an employee bar in it, and you got two beers during your shift. And then unlimited awesome. <laughs> I think drinking was a lot more prevalent and a lot yeah. more acceptable pre-pro than it was post-pro. I mean, I think the country kind of came out of it as like, whoa, it's it's. I think it. I think the the best thing I can describe it is finally what happened in with the, the pandemic. I think pre -pro, yeah. pre pandemic, you're. Hey, I'm okay without being a mask and shaking hands and coughing and sneezing. I mean, I think if someone sneezed in our tasting room in a year from now, I think everyone would be like, "Whoa, what the? What the <laughs> Who is this guy? Get him out so of here!" I think that's the different. Like, I think that's kind yeah. of what changed the beer culture, you know. And and Buffalo had uh, 29 breweries pre-pro, and only seven existed after. So, yeah. you know, I mean, you had that, but I, I think realistically, it was just more like, "Hey, we we need to the the." the tone of alcoholism changed. I think pre-pro was, let's get up because our life sucks. Yeah. Now it's like, hey, drinking yeah. is not as acceptable. You know, we need to kind of tone it down. You know, yeah. pre-pro, you didn't really have refrigeration that was that good as, you know, you didn't have, you didn't have uh, bottling lines weren't as good, packaging lines weren't as good. So I think the big difference now was that everything got better. I mean, you, you read some stories about, um, breweries that came out of prohibition in Buffalo and the capital improvements that they had to make to get up to speed. Uh, yeah. It's insane. I mean, like I think uh, Schreiber spent three and a half million dollars, uh, right. They knew prohibition was ending. So they're like, all right, yeah. we got to spend this money to get our plant modernized. Um, yeah. whereas it's funny Anheuser-Busch had already modernized during Anheuser-Busch had so much money that they just shut everything down. They didn't really care. They shut down, their main brewery and they basically rebuilt it during prohibition because they knew it wasn't going to last. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably the dumbest idea in American history. The, the fact yeah, that, that was, the yeah. it's, it's so stupid because alcohol is, is beer has been with us since the Egyptians. So, I mean, yeah. I think you're deprive people. I mean, I, I try to go a couple of days without drinking beer. And it's, it's really I know. Like, like other, says, no, don't drink all the time. I mean, my profession really screws me over on that one. Yeah. So, but I, like, I like to have a beer just to have a beer, not to get drunk. You know. But I mean, think about it. Every time you're, you're, let's go have a beer. Hey, let's just, go, let's just go get a beer. You know, like, yeah. I, you know, how many times I've said that in my entire lifetime? Yeah. 
Sabres really suck. Let's go get a beer. <laughs> the Bills really suck. Let's go get some beers. Yeah. Hey, that was that happens a lot. That happens a lot. Uh, one more yeah. thing on, on this recipe here, if you yeah. don't mind. Decon- Are you going to brew it? I'm, I'll try it. Yeah, I brew it. I brewed a Grojiski the last two years. Nice. Um, and I will, I will right. try this recipe this year. Uh, so you're decocting this. This beer is not decocted. No, it's a single infusion. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. The only the only decocted beers we do are 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 lagers. Um, we do a decoction mash on, or a single infusion on this just because um, the malt is so modified, and I don't think you're going to gain a you lot. Don't, on, you I, probably I, don't need I, it. Yeah. And just I think to be traditional. Yeah, and I think for us the it's too hard for the. For the ABV, I think it would be too difficult to do, honestly. Okay. Um, you know, we've got a new brew house coming in, so we're going to try and correct some of the issues with our current brew house in terms of decoction mashing and stuff like that. We're going to try and fix that so we'll be able to do more stuff um, traditionally, uh, including a decoction kettle if we can squeeze it into our current facility. So we'll have a separate, smaller decoction kettle. Um, but... I, I don't think it's worth the time on that personally. Um, no, it's just single infusion. It's just, we, we treat it just like a regular beer and I go a little hotter. Um, ah, like I was going to say, I was, I was going to assume something lower because. No, I actually go hotter just because um, I want a little more mouthfeel on this, on this mm-hmm. beer. I think it kind of complements, and then we ferment dry. So we ferment down to like 1.010. Um, so we do you, go, want, do you want to give me a ballpark on the temperature? Cause I, I want to make this and bring it to you now. <laughs> I like it. Your temperature for, uh, for the, for the mash. Um, I can just pull it up real quick. Actually, I can figure out how to get out of this full screen. There we go. I'm not a zoom. I'm not a zoom master. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I fight with it every time I get on here. I was going to ferment low, probably like 64. Um, I ferment actually 68. Okay. So I'm going hot and fast. It usually for finishes in 16 hours. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not going to finish in 16 hours, but that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love, I love, yeah, I love but yeah, like a day. Like, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little different. Uh, for our equipment, like home brewers always are blown away at how fast we can ferment stuff. But again, yeah. our sizes are a little larger. The vessel mm-hmm. makes a difference. Um, yeah. So I'm at 152 on my mash on my sacrification and, uh, and 168 on the sparge. And then we're right. using uh Lubluski all the way through 60 minute, a 10 minute and a 30 minute whirlpool. And then all smoked wheat. All right. So I'm I am I'm gonna try to make this. Make it uh, get in and let's drink some. John, thank you for hanging out tonight. I don't wanna yeah. I don't wanna keep you any longer, especially because you know Yeah, to, I got I was actually just gonna say I gotta get rolling. I'm actually tomorrow's Monday. Working <laughs> on a uh, so the other the other company I own is um Ideal Brew Systems. So we actually build and design equipment in China. And so um I am working on a little uh, brewery called Steel Leaf. I'm sure you guys are familiar with. I've I've heard of them. 
Yep. So I gotta gotta work. They're waking up now, so I actually have to shoot them <laughs> some, some stuff and get That's, Jeff on the way. We're also doing insane. Windy Brews. We just uh, Windy Brews expansion. We've we've done. Yes. Um, nice. Town and uh, First Lines expansion. So their new brew house is coming from us, and um, nice. new stuff is coming from us too. So. I didn't know they were expanding. Thank you guys. I appreciate your time, and uh, I'll keep you abreast of when the the Groitsky yeah. is is in the tank. Oh, and please, because we'll be there. Maybe exactly. We can, maybe I want, we can I want sneak a few a few tastes uh, right from the tank. Cool. Thank you, sir. All right, guys. Have a good night. You too, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This is one of my favorite styles to make around this time of the year. And I hope that you make it out to Buffalo Brewing Company sometime in the next couple of weeks to try this, the 1976 Pivo Rojeski, the traditional smoked wheat beer in honor of Dingus Day coming up. Thank you to John and Scott for being part of this. And we will talk to you on the next episode. As always, we are going out to the Rearview Ramblers. You can't buy beer with condolences. You can find them at rearviewramblers.com. Because you can't buy-